That's the sound of progress is what that is. Oh, hey. How's it going? Matthew Baxley down here on your land building some structures. Just get back from some fishing? Of course I did. Nice. <laughs> A little jealous. But duty calls even when the Boundary Waters is on the horizon. Well, I was out fishing in the Boundary Waters, and indeed it was good, you know, summer fishing, how it is. And uh, you're here putting some stuff together, but you need materials to do that. Well, that's the thing is we can't always be playing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's work to be done, and when I need to get some work done and it's getting late and I got to run into town for some essential hardware tools, I just run over to Buck's. Buck's Hardware and Graham Ray and... So you're talking about like materials, maybe some screws, nails, you know, whatever it is you need for this project here. Well, absolutely, but it's easy to get distracted by other interesting things like, oh, I need this drill bit, or, oh, shoot, I need this plumbing fixture, or we fill in the blank. Yeah. You know what I just was using the other day that I picked up at Bucks was uh, the splitting mall. Oh, yeah. It's a time we're getting some maple from around up near the Boundary Waters, and processing that for the next year's firewood and uh use this splitting mall that i got from bucks it just powers through it's just like this great tool that i've had for years now also picked up a few dozen leeches that have gone now on three trips you know i kept them in the fridge after each one and they survived for a couple few weeks now and still bringing in the walleye oh yeah so, Bucks Hardware, downtown Gramaray, fishing supplies, home supplies, they got everything you need. You can even fill up your gas tank there. They got it all. Downtown, check it out. Bucks Hardware. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer... You wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters and it's, it was really cool, it was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars, I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode... 95 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm Matthew Baxley. I'm Joe Fredericks. We're in the Boundary Waters today. Yeah, it's nice. I can hear the water lapping on this rock that we're sitting on in the sunshine. I can hear the thrushes singing their songs in the background. Occasional loon. It's a beautiful day. But the way that we ended up here isn't quite so beautiful. We came out to Tuscarora Lake in search of an island with a campsite on it. We'd heard whispers, stories that this island has some mystery to it. Perhaps some troubled spirits that occasionally call this place home. In the case of this island and this lake, there is a bit of a sordid past. 
and maybe some mystery or unsettledness is warranted. In May 2020, a young man named Billy Cameron, 29 years old from Indiana, was camped on this island with his two buddies also from Indiana. They'd been here before and on this trip they were doing some fishing in the evening and got a line tangled. They had a three-person canoe that they had rented from nearby Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters and the canoe capsized. All three went into the water. Two of them made it back to shore, one to the island, one to the far shore. Billy drowned essentially that day. Uh, he had his life jacket on, but his throat seized up is what they figure, and he died on Tuscarora Lake in May 2020. I spoke with somebody that was very, very close to Billy. They'd had a long relationship and romantic relationship, and they were going to be getting married before too long. It was all in the works. Her name is Natalie Yaconis, and she's going to share a little bit about her feelings about this lake. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, safety first, safety second, and maybe coolness third is what I would always say. Um, Billy wasn't someone that wasn't experienced. This is a guy that had been on multiple trips, did his research, you know, this wasn't some guy that was a rookie at this type of stuff. And accidents can happen. Accidents are real. And that water is cold. So I would always just exercise as much caution as possible. Think ahead. You know, think if something happens, what's your plan? What are you going to do? You know, because with my medical background, I can safely say, like, your your body in that water is just going to go numb and freeze. And your brain is tissue that can freeze as well. So not only will your muscles fail you, but you won't be able to think of what to do. So just, just be prepared and be safe. Um, as someone who's lost, you know, the most precious thing to them, I don't want to wish this upon anyone. So I would just be as safe as possible and um, hopefully, you know, things go well for everybody. But um, I can't stress enough how important it is to always be as safe as you can. As the loon calls, I would say that Natalie has a very valid reason to feel so strongly about this place, this lake, and uh, the circumstances around that. But what happens when maybe the reasons aren't so clear? The feelings and the reason for the feelings are more vague or more uncertain or ambiguous. There were some online threads about places in the Boundary Waters that have a spooky or mysterious feel to them. On that thread, two people mentioned the island and the island campsite on Tuscarora Lake, the very island where we're sitting right now on this rocky shoreline here, this ledge that leads out to the lake. And they, one person posted and said they left. They were at the camp, had camp set up, and they 
just had this strange, unexplainable thing, feeling. So they left. Someone chimed in and sort of, yeah, we we had a similar. It was just something seemed strange out there. But we wanted to come see and feel this for ourselves, Matthew. See where Billy Cameron was at when the canoe capsized and to feel what it was like that these people were describing about the campsite. And that's what we did. We paddled in, took the 426-some rod portage uh, from Missing Link into Tuscarora, paddled around the point, saw the island, and it was actually, you know, whether you're looking for what you expect or not, it was a bit eerie when we got onto the lake. There were two beautiful campsites that were completely unoccupied that felt strange, and the weather was a bit sort of ominous with a lot of wind and some dark clouds and we just pointed our canoe to the island with the campsites on the far side and came around the corner there was a group and we sort of awkwardly lingered uh, in the water in our canoe and waited to be noticed and eventually waved a kind and generous soul in our direction and we had this encounter My name is Tang Huyn. I'm from uh, St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Uh, tell us about your experience first coming to this island here on Tuscarora Lake. Oh, that was uh, August of 2020. And we came out after the portage. In fact, that was the last night that we're going to be in the area before. And then when we look on the map, we saw that, hey, there's an island. There's an island and there's a campsite on the island. And so after we did the coming out from the portage and uh, my wife and Camilla uh, and I, we say, hey, we got to kind of do a dash to an island just to see anyone's there. And so we did. And when we saw there's no one there, that's where we waved the other two parties uh, from us and we were here and we we landed here and we stayed overnight and we loved the place Unfortunately, we had to go back to back to the city and so we only stay one night and come back out Yeah, and, and how was the experience on the island? Did you like it here? Oh, totally. I mean this was like a vista I mean, you know, there's a island site and that's the only one of it and we just love it I mean the what you call the uh, the fire pits is like overlooking the lakes and there's white pine overside it's just like quintessential campsite like anywhere in the boundary water and it's on an island so can go wrong and you know we just love the place yeah we had a great time here great yeah so what's your reaction when matthew and i uh, pull up into your camp and say there's been some other people who've had different experiences and a young man from Indiana who died uh, on, on the lake. Uh, how does that feel for you? Yeah, well, first, actually, yeah, we saw you guys pulling up and I'm like, oh, what are they lo- doing there? And uh, I'm like, <laughs> are they, uh, you know, wanted to check out and see? And I was asking my wife, like, maybe we should see if they want to, you know, it's looking for a site because it's crowded. But when you, when you mentioned that there's a, a person unfortunately passed away, and uh, you know it's really unfortunate, but we we don't have any 
experience of any you know sort of things we just love the place we've been been here in three years ago and now we had a chance to come back to Tuscarora and after that long portage our goal is to see if we can land on this exactly same site again and so we're here so we just love it yeah uh, and there in addition to the young man who passed away there are some reports of people who have said that they were here one woman who was by herself got up and left uh, right around dark and went to another site she just said i just had a strange feeling and uh, somebody also agreed yeah we also had a strange feeling like that do you believe into any of that superstitious or that uh metaphysical that's strange energy that might be out there or what do you think about that oh i see well you know the the um and my my aunt is uh practice buddhist uh, buddhism yes we understanding the the passing soul and that kind of things yes i i heard of all that but no we have not had any experience of you know bad energies or anything like that at all in fact when we're here we just really had a great time good memories a lot of uh, photos that we can show you and we have show you and you know we just have a great time no not not at all so in a way hearing that the uh, uh, the woman that had that um, I just don't know what to say but it's not what we have and so even if you said that it w- wouldn't scare me at all I mean I, that's all I have here is a good time and that's kind of what we're looking for and I think I'm gonna enjoy it today and you know our first night here so yeah mm-hmm. couldn't have been a more gracious person to meet at this campsite uh, when we came up with this mission to get out here today we had a pretty good feeling it was going to be occupied. It's a beautiful campsite. It's an island campsite, popular lake. But we couldn't have met nicer people. I agree. Uh, and felt, you know, beyond the initial, like, are you looking for sites? Because there's other ones here that you could go use. Uh, once we just sort of explained what we were doing, it was total generosity, open-hearted spirit. I think our new friend even offered us food before we left and we took some selfies um but it's an interesting thing joe what we feel and why once we get out here well you've been saying this for years matthew the wilderness is a reflection of you when you get out here it's what you bring in i mean we heard that from my experience on the last episode when I wasn't feeling so well going out there, that uh, I that's where I was at. And we've been out uh, in some ice fishing episodes, other experiences where we're not just having the best time and got stuff going on. We got lives that we're leading in back in town too, you know? Yeah, it most certainly, I can't speak for anybody else's experience, but I know that when I come in, I don't, I mean, most of the time in life, I don't know what I'm feeling. So if I'm unsettled or, I I mean, even feeling a bit haunted by some aspect of my own self, I may not know until I land in a campsite in the Boundary Waters and slow down and am quiet enough to feel haunted. And maybe that's not everybody's experience, but it certainly explains some things for me. 
I think that's a good way to sum it up, Matthew, because I don't want to take away from this individual's experience out on that island. I wasn't I wasn't here that night to feel what they were feeling and definitely wasn't here the day that uh, Billy Cameron and his buddies went into Tuscarora, but I know what it's like that those things can happen. You can capsize in an instant and those guys were experienced canoeists too. They had their life jackets on and as we've described it, uh, they did everything right on paper and that was still the outcome. So I don't want to take away from any one else's experience on this lake, on this island, and in the Boundary Waters. Well, for now, we got a little bit of paddling and portaging ahead, so we keep contemplating this and see where it takes us. stop for a short recess here on Missing Link Lake and Matthew Baxley has approached the starting line on a journey into the depths after a buggy portage. Insects swirling around his skull as he towed the canoe and now the time for re-entry is upon the Lord Baxley himself. Three, two, one. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, he appears to have enjoyed the experience. Once again, swimming in the Boundary Waters in July. I think your swim trunks came off. <laughs> I never had them on. <laughs> you know, Matthew, after your refreshing swim, we also ended up finding a bunch of blueberries. More than I could fathom. Fantastic. One bush in particular had so many berries. It was like, came over that little rocky crest, and there it was. Like some kind of spotlight shining down on it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the healthy, thick, robust, juicy blueberries. Swimming berries after that portage. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we got back to Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters where we had parked when we were headed out to the island and talked with Andy and Ada, the owners of Tuscarora. We were telling Andy about, you know, we're going out to the island that morning before we took off when we were parking. said, hey, there's supposedly an island on Tuscarora Lake that has some history to it. And he knew about uh, Billy Cameron and that story because they rented him that three-person canoe but he had also read some stuff online that i had been seeing as well about people's experiences saying they had these feelings out there and they maybe even heard some things or whatever reason they left and we just started talking in a general sense with andy about what do you hear from your guests you know that 
happens that maybe freaks him out a little bit. And he wasn't dismissive of ghosts or just feelings or energy or things that might actually scare people. But he said, in most cases, it ends up being a beaver slapping its tail on the water or a beaver that's taken down a tree and the tree falls. Yeah, it was the idea that people are freaked out by things they can't explain in the woods, splashes at night, thumping, running through the campsite. I mean, he even referenced that, yeah, that probably wasn't a bear. It was probably a rabbit. Just that the scary, unexplained phenomenon often have very practical explanations to it. But Andy also was very upfront about the fact that people do get into dangerous situations and and can, in fact, do die in the Boundary Waters. Billy Cameron in 2020 and also this summer on Gillis Lake. Andy and the team at Tuscarora had rented a canoe as well to this group from Wisconsin who was up. Uh, Some young guys that died on Gillis, a young man drowned. And Shug, hammock camper, of course, who we know, he was camped on Gillis Lake during that whole situation. That kind of scary, dangerous uh, possibility exists out there, for sure. Yeah, it was really good to talk with Andy about this. Uh, I appreciate our conversation with him. Especially being in the volunteer fire department and really connected to the efforts to support people when they're in danger. Yeah, gets out on search and rescue. I mean, he he responds to those calls. He goes out into the woods, so he he knows what he's talking about. There's still this kind of mystical thing that again, he wasn't dismissive of and that I think when we were out on the island that we weren't trying to find that and create that, but it can enter. It can find you. It can find you. Have you ever had an experience like that in the Boundary Waters? It's you know it's hard to keep track after so many years, but I do distinctly remember um, you know going in the Quishwe Lake entry point, paddling up you know through Polly and up to Malberg and over to Fish Dance Lake to see the pictographs. That's kind of the main draw. It's otherwise a dead end lake, but I I remember being on Fish Dance camping uh, at the campsite almost right across from the pictographs and finding myself aware of a unique feeling in my body that wasn't coming from me. It felt like it was coming from outside of me and not knowing anything about the space other than there are pictographs there. I remember just thinking, Oh God, it feels like I'm like, I'm not alone here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I remember thinking, like, I wonder if there's, like, an eagle watching me. And, and there actually was an eagle uh, watching me, but it felt like more than that. Um, and I don't have an explanation for it other than I, ha- I know that I had these feelings, and they were real for me. Yeah. And it was, were you, like, looking at the pictographs, or were they, they just, you were on the lake? It, yeah, on the lake and and at the campsite, just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, doing camp chores and and then especially at the end of the night post dinner getting dark just sitting on the edge of the lake and just settling into a sense that this feels different it doesn't feel scary or bad but it there was more to that experience than at a typical campsite in the boundary waters 
Fish Dance Lake, Nashville musician Jerry Vandiver, who we've had on the podcast at Canoe Copia. You've talked with Jerry at the, in Madison, and we hung out with him in Nashville last August and so forth. He's been to Fish Dance to the pictographs, and he actually wrote a song about that experience that he's had there and kind of reflecting a lot of what you're saying, actually, man. Kind of an unexplained, nothing tangible, but some type of feeling that he had there. And he wrote that song and sings it often uh, with, like, on the album and so forth with the First Nations woman in Nipigon up in Ontario across the border in Canada, Cheyenne Havorka, about that. What What is that feeling? And I had a chance to talk with Cheyenne about that as well. In these conversations, I try not to be judgmental, and I'd usually use what an elder would tell me. Like, if you're not comfortable, you get your tobacco, you put it in your left hand, and you, you pray on it, and you offer the tobacco to the water, to the land, or to the place. And I've always also been taught, like, when you are feeling like a presence, like, we do believe in spirits, and we do believe that the spirits of, of the past, the present, and the future are with and around us at all times, um, leading us, guiding us, and, and trying to like, ensure we're not getting into trouble or being in places that we really shouldn't be, which is pretty clear in Fish Dance Lake. Um, and so it's like, it is that offering of tobacco. And like, in, in my teaching, it's been like, well, what have you, what do you need to learn about where you are now before you engage in this work, whatever it is that you're doing? So let's say if you're in Black Bay on Lake Superior and you're getting that sense, well, perhaps it's it's something, a spirit or whatever it is that you believe in or an energy that needs you to learn something that's pivotal to possibly your safety or for you to be able to respect the place that you're in. Uh, so I do believe that that does happen. It's that understanding like, okay, well, then you put your tobacco down and you, you ask for that guidance. If that's what you believe in. If you don't believe in that, well, I would still tell them, well, this is what I believe in. You can take it or leave it. But like, if you don't believe in that spiritual connection, like I, I would feel very strongly that the, the energy around here wants you to know something. So have you done your homework about the waters here? Do you know some of the history? And not necessarily like the colonial history of the place, but there's, there's something there that something wants you to know. That's actually, to me, almost like a sign of respect. Like if you're feeling like you shouldn't be there, that's what your guts are telling you to go somewhere else, then that's, that's probably a pretty respectful thing because you don't know what's there. Right? You don't know a place of spiritual significance at some point in time where that energy is still very strong in that area. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody like acknowledging that feeling and then maybe going somewhere different. Or if, if you felt like that's what you could do, that would help, then putting that tobacco out, down and like basically asking the energy or the spirits around you to, to guide you in, in what they need to know to be there. And you may or may not get the answer. You know, like you're in a space of spiritual significance that has not been respected. And maybe the spirits are now starting to protect that space. You never know. I don't know. So, Joe, there's definitely real dangers in the wilderness. And then there's perceived danger and in the unexplained and the unknown. And then there's this other thing, this energetic sense that it's part of being human that's unexplained but not 
a beaver slap or a eerie fox cry in the woods that you think is somebody being murdered or Mm -hmm. something like that. Right. Yeah. So we can leave it open. There is no answer to this. Is the island at Tuscarora Lake haunted? I don't know. I don't know anymore today. Haven't been out there than I did when I woke up, having not been there yet. One of my favorite things in a world where everything is attempted to be explained all the time through science or through rationale or logic is making room for there still to be mystery in the unexplained. And not knowing and not needing to know, but letting it be. Iris to Men has a song called Let the Mystery Be. Great song that is exactly that. We don't have to know all these things in our life as we go out to the boundary waters and plan a trip. We don't have to know everything that's going to happen to us when we start our journey. And that's, I think, a big reason that you and I keep going out there, Matthew. We don't know what the heck's going to happen on our next trip. Or what sort of unexpected encounters we may have. The Tupperware. <laughs>